Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, so we'll be continuing on uh, the, the uh, uh, thought line that we started uh, last week on uh, loving the law. Uh, so if you were uh, here last week, we talked about uh, how vital uh, loving the law is for our inner spiritual life. Uh, we saw it uh, from the side of the, uh, the law uh, and grace. The psalmist here is not talking about uh, how uh, the law is or if the law would be giving so the psalmist is not saying that uh, we get life or the law grants life. But what he's uh, saying is for those of us who know the Lord, for those of us who are born again and have an existing relationship with the Lord, the law is a, has a very uh, uh, important use in our lives. We have talked about how it can revive our affection to God, how it can save us from spiritual stagnation. We have talked about how it fuels uh, our energy into uh, the desire to do his will and to do his work and to be obedient. Uh, we, we've said that uh, our inability to obey through our own grit and strength can be overcome when the law resides in us. That will energize us and give us power. So approached with the right lens, the law is very important for our spiritual life. Uh, so today I'm gonna uh, go over some more verses in Psalms 119, which uh, highlight the overall theme of the book. Uh, go with me to uh, Psalms 119, uh, starting from verse nine. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Then if we go down to verse uh, 97, it says, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the grace and the gift that you have given us so that we may be able to come together like this once again. Heavenly Father, uh, let, let not the words that we learn today uh, just be a concept, but Heavenly Father, let it transform our life. Let it go into our inner being, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone that they may approach the law as you have given it, Lord. And I pray that you give me strength and wisdom as I share. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Uh, the adult brain only weighs about 1.5 kilos on average. Uh, but inside of it, it has um, over 100 billion microscopic neurons. Uh, 
And then each neuron makes 5,000 to 10,000 connections, making the entire network of the neurons more than 500 trillion connections. So every time we think a thought, every time we learn something right now, this process of me speaking and you listening, each and every one of us are building neuropaths inside our brain. Um, more and more different scientists, Christian scientists, are coming to the conclusion that science is catching up to the Bible by proving what the Bible says. Uh, there are different examples uh, we can talk about, uh, like for example, until a hundred years ago, they said that the universe had no beginning. They said it was there all the time. And then with the development of quantum physics, they came to the point that, okay, there was a starting point of the universe, but they didn't want to uh, call it, then the Lord said, so they, they called it the Big Bang. Uh, but a neuro, neurologist and psychiatrist did some study and they said, they proved Proverbs 23, 7. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man or as a person thinks within himself, so is he. So basically, they're saying we are not victims of our biology or uh, our upbringing or whatever may be influencing us, but we have the option to choose. Whenever we think right thoughts and whenever we purposefully meditate on the word of God, choose to think the right thoughts, then we are literally building physical neural connections in our brain. We are building something physical based only on what we are thinking. That's that I found that to be very fascinating. Uh, the, the Emperor Minilik, uh, when the invention of the train came, they sa he said, I want a train, and so they, he imported a train, but there was no train track. So they kind of parked it in, in the palace uh, compound. Uh, so if you try to drive a train on mud, you won't be getting too far. But when it placed on a train track, then it can go at high speeds. So basically, when we think about a thought repeatedly, basically what we're doing is we're creating a train track for that thought to run through our mind. So whether good or bad, whatever we build, that will be more dominant. Uh, but we as human beings, what makes human beings uh, different from any other beings is we have the ability to step outside of our thoughts it's like hovering above yourself and thinking the thoughts or evaluating the thoughts that you are thinking. And you can say, I shouldn't be thinking this way. I'm a child of God. I'm going to restructure my train tracks towards what God tells me. So today we'll be seeing that delighting, meditating, and hiding the word of God deep in our hearts will enable us to gain victory over sin in our lives. Let's start from verse uh, 9, uh, which says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Each of us struggle with different things in our lives. 
we struggle with issues of purity, wrong thoughts, and desires. Whatever walk of life that we may be, uh, we are all having one struggle or another. Uh, John Bunyan, who is the uh, author of The Pilgrim's Progress, uh, said it well. He said, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. So basically what he's saying is if we engage with the word of God and we commit it to memory, then we will be enabled or empowered to have victory over sin. We don't do it out of pure grit, but when we feed in it, then it becomes, it enables us or empowers us or fuels our obedience. Uh, D.L. Moody, a well-known evangelist in the 19th century said, the only way to keep a broken vessel full is by keeping the faucet turned on. The only way to keep a broken vessel full is by keeping the faucet turned on. So if there's a leakage and it keeps leaking on uh, and you're not replenishing it, eventually it will dry out. But if you keep filling it, then it will always remain uh, full. So the word uh, keeping uh, his way pure here means not just a one-time event, but a a maintaining of a pure walk, a maintaining of integrity. So when we are hiding uh, the word of God in our hearts, uh, then that becomes our fuel that will continuously take us over time. So we need to make it, we need to memorize the word of God so that whenever we need to use it, then it's readily available for us to use it. If we get into a situation where we are doubtful of what, what, what we should do in that situation, that word of God, then we can, we're able to pull out that word of God and use it and we can profit from it. So what can preserve us from ruin or what can empower us to say no to temptation and to live a holy life is the word of God that is hidden in our hearts. Jesus also talks about this in John 15, chapter 3, where he says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The word that you hear, it is like bathing or it is like cleansing. When the word of God comes into our hearts, it has the ability to cleanse us. As we spoke last week, maybe through repentance or maybe through the revelation of the word of God. Again, uh, while praying to the Father, he said uh, in John chapter 17, verse 17, he says, sanctify them by the truth. And then he added, your word is truth. So the word and the truth has the power to sanctify us. It empowers us to become holy. So he's saying the best thing, which is the word, then he's hiding it in the best place, which is the heart, the seat of life, and and for the best purpose that I might not sin against thee. So the Bible is God's cleansing uh, agent. So even if the psalmist was uh, planning to live a committed life before the Lord, even the most uh, uh, godly person or committed person has a propensity to go into sin. But this wholehearted search for the Lord is based on storing the word of God in his heart. Uh, 
the, the, the word store here is kind of shows a man who is carefully hiding all of his money in a safe place. It's kind of a protection uh, because he's afraid of thieves. But uh, when we are hiding the word in our hearts, we are hiding it from sin or anything that might uh, remove it from there. Uh, Proverbs 7.1 says, My son, keep your words and store up my commands within you. This word store up means to hide it in a deep place, to put it really deeply inside, something that cannot be found easily or cannot be removed easily or cannot be taken away easily. Last week, Pastor Z was talking about the four types of soils. Or says one, the birds took it, or the other one was on a shallow soil. But here, store up, the word is talking about to put it in the deep recesses of our hearts. The heart is the seat of life uh, where everything flows. So the deeper we bury it into our hearts, then the deeper, the more difficult it becomes for any situation to try to take it out. So the law of God in the inner person can shape our thinking, our decision-making. And when it's hidden so deep, it's difficult to remove it. So when we hide God's word deep within our hearts, it will shape our decision-making that we may not sin against them. Continuing on verse 12, it says, Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. He's asking, teach me your statutes. We cannot understand the word of God by ourselves, but we need the Holy Spirit to teach us the word of God and to rightly apply it. Uh, you remember, uh, or if you remember, around the time that you got saved, before you are saved, when you're reading the Bible, you find it to be a dense book, uh, difficult to understand, maybe a little scary as well. Uh, and maybe you, you may have found problems reconciling some of the teachings there. Uh, but the moment you're saved and you're born again, an illumination happens inside of you and suddenly it becomes a very interesting book. And you're reading it and you say, this was here all along, how come I never saw it? And you have that hunger and that appetite towards reading the Bible increases. Why? Because the teacher is now with you. Amen? First John chapter 5, verse 6, B says, And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is truth. He is the teacher of the truth. So he is the one that leads us into all truth. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 say, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. So he's saying... We are able only to get to the truth by the help of the Spirit. It's a spiritual truth, so you need the Holy Spirit to reveal 
these spiritual things to you. Uh, but of course, we must maintain a strong balance in the way that we approach our relationship with the Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Word. When we stand on that foundation of the Word of God and come to the Holy Spirit with that humble heart of asking the Holy Spirit to teach us, then we are on the right path. But if we lean too much towards the law and we come into the Word of God with an attitude that says, okay, I know this, then we may be in risk of going into legalism. But then if we come to the other side and then we are too much leaning on visions and experiences or things that happen and we forget the foundation of scripture, then uh, in the words of uh, uh, 17th and 18th century revivalists, they say that it leads to error, excess, and foolishness. This is not something that happened or that's happening recently but through the ages when people in the church uh, claim to have a special revelation and uh, uh, go away from the foundation of scripture they only go into error but it's when we balance these two that we can go into deeper into the truth of God you know in in the church today uh, globally, but especially in the Ethiopian church as well, uh, the lack of foundation on uh, uh, sound teaching of the word of God has allowed many different churches to be abused by different people. But when it is your responsibility as the church of God and as the people of God, if I come here and I say something that opposes the word of God, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you have the word of God inside of you. And then you can say, I'm sorry, but that is not scriptural. We, 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 we're not going to uh, be forcing you to do something that is unscriptural. So, but you can only do that rightly when the world, when the word is inside of you abundantly. Amen. Uh, so... Continuing through the next verse 14, it says, In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. The word delight here means a settled pleasure. Uh, it means a sense of joy and contentment that comes from a consistent and meaningful engagement with Scripture. When we engage with the Word of God and when uh, we get revelations from the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we are thought by Him, then we start to love and appreciate the Word of God. We start to fall in love and to delight, and we seek after it and we treasure it. It becomes our delight as it would uh, if we found treasure. Uh, so empowered by the Holy Spirit, we draw from it. And then even if we have other pressing matters, we are all uh, professionals, we're working, we're responsible for our families, but yet 
if we love it, then we'll always draw towards it because whatever we love, we go to that thing. C.S. Lewis uh, said once, I believe in obeying the law, but loving it is a bit too much. He said, it's as if asking me to love the pliers when I go to the dentist. You know, I know they're important for my health, but I cannot love them. Uh, This thing comes from two things. One, as we said last week, the word of God is not, or the law of God is not just uh, the Torah, but the full counsel of the word of God, the entire Bible of the New and the Old Testament. But we see this uh, psalmist throughout uh, Psalm 119, we see him delighting throughout scripture. Uh, verse 16, he says, I delight in his statutes. Verse 14 says, what we just read, is like finding treasure. Verse, verse 54 says, they're like music to my soul. Verse 103 says, they taste like honey. Verse 72, they're better than silver and gold. And Psalm 119 verse 18 says, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law or wondrous thing in your law. So when he's approaching the word of God and meditating on it, then he's enjoying the word of God because he's finding so much treasure in them. So imagine if this psalmist being in the Old Testament, living in the shadow, how much more should we who have been born of the Spirit, partakers of the divine life, be more delighted in His Word? So when we, uh, it's a spiritual appetite. The more we read the Word of God, the more we study the Word of God, the more we meditate on it, the more we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us, what's happening is our spiritual appetite is being heightened. Our spiritual appetite is being peaked so that uh, whenever we feed in that, then we fall more and more in love with the Word. So it becomes sweet to our spiritual taste. Um... So again, the way of the Lord is revealed to the psalmist as much as all riches. Uh, also in verse 127, he says, God's command, I lo- uh, he loves God's commands more than even the purest gold. Jesus uh, also taught about this from a different perspective. On the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew 6, chapter, uh, Matthew 6, 19, He said, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy it and where thieves break and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. This is the verse I wanted. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's not taking the approach of protect your heart, guard your heart. You know, he's not taking Solomon's approach. But what he's saying is, Choose your treasure. Choose what you treasure. So because whatever you treasure, your heart will follow that which you treasure. So uh, whatever you value the most is what you think about, what you pursue, what you pour your time, energy, and money into. 
That is what you treasure. If you want to find out what you treasure in your life, assess where are you pouring your time, energy, and money into. That is what you are treasuring, and that will follow. But he's saying, choose to treasure the word of God. Let your imaginations take over. Let, your, let the word of God take over your imaginations, not the things of the world. So we need to have a heart that seeks after God. Wherever our heart goes, our feet also follow. So when we set the path of the heart, then our whole life follows in that line. Uh, Job, uh, when he was accused by his friends, you know, these things have come unto you because you have sinned, you know. Uh, this was his response. Job chapter 23 verse 12 says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have kept the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I have kept the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. How many of us here forget to eat? Anybody? All right. I see a hand over there. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> but normally, we don't skip a meal unless we're intentionally fasting. We don't forget to eat because naturally that comes uh, in our physical body. But Job is saying, I have put the priority of your words above my daily food. That's how much I put his word before me. So he's saying, and because I have put his words above my necessary food, I have not departed from his commandments. So it's not our promises to the Lord, but his promises to us that allow us to keep our promises to him. Amen. We, we may make a lot of promises, but we can't keep it because we don't have that ability. But when we allow his promises to permeate in our lives, then those promises will allow us to keep our promises. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 says, You show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So what Paul is saying is that you are a human tablet, but the law is engraved in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. So whenever we learn something, if we are just on the level of the mind, on just reading, then we can't really put it deep in our hearts. But we need to really immerse in it so that it can be written in our hearts. But that requires a decision from us. When we treasure the law and approach it with a teachable heart, then it will be written in our hearts that we may not sin against them. Verse 15 uh, says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes I will not forget your word. And also verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. So here we see the psalmist is talking about the relationship with the love of God, the love of the word, and the meditation of the word. 
basically what he's saying is that as he goes on meditating, then he's more and more immersed in the word of God. The more immersed he is in the word of God, the more he loves the word of God, the more he loves the word of God, the more he's drawn to meditate on it. And the more he meditates on it, the more he falls in love with the word of God. It's, it's, it's a feed, feedback loop. Is that correct? Feedback loop. So both of them are feeding each other. More, the more you meditate, the more you love uh, the word, the more you love, the more you meditate. But if you've parked your car long enough, then you need a bit of a push to get it started. You need, you need to pull on that frisson. Come on, somebody. Uh, you know, you need to pull the cord on the engine. But once it gets running, then it recharges itself and it becomes a continuously, the battery continuously operates. So it's, it's something that his delight in the word is producing the meditation and the meditation, which is the focused attention leading to obedience, is again feeding his love for the word of God. So, but we need to be intentional in memorizing the word of God, in remembering the word of God, in meditating on the word of God so that we can, it can be part of our being. The, the more we meditate on it, the more... By the way, we are, we are all meditators. Uh, what, the question is, what are you meditating on? So all you, it requires an intentionality to not let our minds go into worry and, and um, temptation and other things, but guide it, as you said, we are beings that, who can intentionally step out of our thoughts and redirect our thoughts because we are conscious beings. We have been given that level of consciousness by our Lord. Uh, so, um, verse 16 says, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So we also will not forget something that's deeply entrenched. Some of the things that we've learned as children, they're so deeply entrenched that we don't even uh, forget them. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 23 says, uh, this is uh, uh, Moses speaking to the people. Uh, Be careful not to forget the covenant that the Lord your God, that he made with you. Do not make yourself an idol in the form of anything that the Lord has forbidden. Um, the miracles that are put at the beginning chapters of the book of Exodus are fantastic. You know, 10 plagues, marvelous plagues, and then the parting of the Red Sea, and, the, and so many different uh, miraculous signs. Yet, Moses goes to the mountain, becomes a few days, and they start building a calf. What happened? They forgot, not because they were based on the word of God, but they were based on the miracles. So when we forget uh, the word of God and when we forget what has been done for us, then we are led astray easily. When we forget uh, our first love, then we no longer seek to know more. Uh, if you guys remember how much you used to read your Bible and how much you used to hunger to know about the Word of God in the early days of your walk with the Lord, but somehow 
we've lost it. So here, when he says, oh, how I love the law, again, and the same concept I was talking about is the act of soaking in the word of God. Uh, a good analogy for meditation is if you have a hot cup of tea and a tea bag, and then maybe if you dip it once, then it takes a little bit of the tea, but not much. If you dip it a few more times, might be enough depending on our taste. But if you leave the tea bag in there for a while, what happens is the substance of the tea bag fully soaks the water. So maybe just reading your Bible might be a single dip. Or maybe let me just start. If you don't read the Bible, it's the clear water. <laughs> we start from there. <laughs> First dip, then maybe it's reading your Bible. Few more dips, then you're studying the word. But meditation is when the tea bag is left there. So when someone tastes that tea, then they get the flavor of what's inside. So we must love his word and meditate on it. We enjoy talking about the people that we love, we enjoy talking about what we love to do. So it is that thing that we love that draws us. So when we meditate and we love the word of God, then it penetrates our, high, our lives, then it can be able to move us into a place where we are empowered not to sin against him. So when we meditate on the word of God, it permeates our heart and all aspects of our life that we may not sin against them. So whatever delights us will capture our attention. Whatever we love, we are drawn into. So when we intentionally build that path and when we learn from the Holy Spirit for him to reveal the word of God and to teach us the word of God, then what happens is that we fall in love with that. But it requires a decision to get and to build that life of discipline. So I want to leave you with a couple of homeworks. First of all, make a decision to read the word of God every day. Just set aside a time, find out what works for you, and just do it. You can uh, read uh, while you're on a transport. You can do audio Bible while you're in your car. You can do it in any form. Let's commit to reading the word of God every day. Second assignment, be part of an accountability group that will help you read the Bible together. You can use your home cares or a group of friends to say, you know what, let's read the New Testament in three months. Let's try to finish it. Three chapters a day, you can finish it in three months. Uh, you can use the YouVersion app where you can create a group there and do a plan together where everybody's activity is visible. Just don't, 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 don't keep touching the catch me function and catch up the days you didn't read. Uh, so that, that would really help. Take it, make it an intentional, as a family, as a home care group, whatever accountability group works for you, uh, commit to reading the Bible together so that you can keep each other accountable. Memorize and meditate on one verse a week. One single verse per week. 
it's not difficult. You can put it on your phone, whatever. Whenever you find a time gap, you can look at it five minutes. You can commit it to memory, but that will give you much dividends in your life. And share the word, what you've learned with others. Sometimes we go out from church, we're uh, uh, having lunch, but we're talking about politics and different kinds of things, but we're really, no one is sharing the word of God. But when we share what we've learned and uh, to others, it helps us remember it also. It helps us internalize it. The Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with us, but he is wanting us to come here. This is where he wants you to come. He is waiting so that he can reveal things to you. So let's, let's take our assignment today. God bless you.